0: Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn to um, uh, the Book of Numbers, chapter thirteen. I actually have a a very large scripture reading this morning, so um, if that's okay, Pastor, Pastor, it's up to you. If it's okay, I'm just going to let them uh, go ahead and stay remain seated while we read. This is a very long. Chapter. We're going to read most of this chapter this morning. If you haven't, say amen. Beginning at verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe, of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, Sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were heads of the children of Israel. And I'm going to jump down to verse 17 just for the sake of time. Those next few scriptures, what they do is they just list the names of every man from the 12 tribes of Israel that was sent. Uh, And jumping down to verse 17, it says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain. And see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be a good or bad. And what cities that be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And by ye ye of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first grapes." So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men came unto Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahim and Shishai and Talmei and the children of Anak were now Hebron and was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt and there came unto them the brook of Eshkol and cut down there thence a branch which one cluster of grapes and they bare it between two upon a staff and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs they brought they brought proof of the fruit of the land, if you will. The place was called the Brook of Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back un- word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Verse 27, and they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Enak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able. Everybody say well able. We are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which we have gone to search it, and the land eateth up its inhabitants thereof. And all the people that, were, that we saw in it were men of great stature. And there, were, and there we saw giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. A lot, a lot of scripture there, but I just wanted to help that to build context. I, I want to take my thought today from uh, verse 30 when Caleb stilled the people before Moses, and he said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Well able. My title this morning is simply Yes, We Can. Yes, We Can. Why don't you put your Bibles down? Why don't we pray right now and ask God to speak to our hearts and minister to our minds and bless this word. Lord, you're awesome. God, I thank you for your word. God, it is already anointed. God, I pray right now, Lord God, that your word would go forth with boldness, that you would anoint my lips of clay. God, allow me, oh God, to bring forth this word, God, oh God, to your people, God, that it would bless, that it would lift up, that it would encourage. God, and I pray for this congregation that every heart, oh God, would be open and in tune with the spirit of God, that they would hear what thus saith the word of the Lord in this place today, that a yes word we can would rise up in the spirit of every man, woman, boy, and girl that is in this place, that we would realize our full potential in you, that we would understand, God, that when you go before us, that none can stand against us. God will give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. On February 17th of 1963 a boy was born that would forever change the mindset of all those around him. For you see, for his entire life, he has defied the odds and overcame tremendous obstacles, doing so along his path of life. He grew up in a stable family uh, life. His mother was a bank teller and his father was a maintenance worker turned manager for General Electric in the South. His mom would go on to be a a, a very well-renowned author. And and so he grew up amongst great people. Uh, And growing up in the South, he, he developed a competitive edge at an early age. He wanted to win every competition that he entered. No matter what the competition was, he, He wanted to be the winner. He wanted to dominate every game he played. Now this is something, as it happens with fathers, that caught his daddy's eye. He and he, he worked to develop uh, th- this, this competitive edge, if you will, by introducing him to the world of sports. And in doing so, he helped his son channel his God-given talents, abilities, and strengths. He introduced him to sports that he loved, like baseball and golf, to which he excelled very well. But when his dad built him a back, basketball court in his own backyard, he fell in love. This was his new passion. Although he wasn't excelling at it as well as he did golf, and he didn't excel at it as well as he did baseball, he fell in love with the game of basketball. It was his passion. And it didn't stop him from continuing to play, for he loved the game. As he grew up, he would play literally every day, practice as much as he can attempting to become the best even though his peers didn't believe he was very good and even his own father asked him to focus more on baseball because he felt he had a better chance to succeed at this game than the one that was his passion. This all came to a head in 1978 when this 15-year-old young man would give up baseball and try out for his high school varsity basketball team. He would make it through the original tryout only to be cut from this varsity team and sent to the JV saying that he was, quote, not good enough yet for the varsity squad. Once again, he wasn't good enough. This would have crushed a lesser young man, but all this did was motivate him to succeed in an area that others told him he couldn't. Over the next three years, he became one of the best basketball players in the entire state of North Carolina. He went on to win national championships, drafted in the NBA, won league MVP in multiple championships and Olympic gold medals, and he is now a successful businessman with a net worth of over $1 billion. I'm speaking of the GOAT, Michael Jordan. And if you defer on who the GOAT is, you can see me after service and I can explain to you why you're wrong. Some even say that he is not just the goat of basketball, but he is the goat of all athletics. He is the greatest of all time. You see this overcoming spirit in some of my favorite Michael Jordan quotes. He went on to say quotes like, if you have to expect things, or you, excuse me, you have to expect things of yourself before you can do them. He would say things like, by no means in this world can you ever live up to someone else's expectations of who you are. He would go on to say things like, limits like fear is often an illusion. And he went on to say things like, my competitive nature is what I want to succeed. It has always been said that when I can't find a way to do anything, I will find a way to do it. I submit to you this morning as I lay a small foundation that the reason this young man became so successful, the reason he went on to win college national championships, become the NCAA Rookie Player of the Year two times, become the NBA Rookie of the Year, to win the NBA MVP multiple times, to win world championships, to be an Olympic gold medalist, and to become a successful businessman with a net worth of over $1 billion dollars is simply because when others told him he couldn't do it, he responded with, yes, I can. You hear me clearly this morning. God has spoken things to this church and to your families. He's spoken promises. Blessing beyond measure in our own reasoning and our own understanding. Supernatural healings. Miracle signs and wonders. Growth both in numbers and in spirit. Anointing beyond measure. Holy Ghost fire. Revival. Favor in our city. New revelations in the list. Goes as to get a yes we can in our spirit. The fact of the matter is this. There are some in this house, even today, that have let an evil report come against your spirit. This is a report that comes from the evil one, Satan, that liar. It is one that is saying to you, you can't have those blessings. You can't have those healings. You can't see miracle signs and wonders. You won't see revival. You won't be used by God to take this city. You can't have the promises of God. I'm here to tell you this morning that is a lie from the pit of hell. I'm going to say it again. That is a lie from the pit of hell. We need to rise up today in one accord. Yes, we can have revival. Yes, we can see miracles, signs, and wonders. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Yes, we can. Come on, say it like you mean it. Yes, we can. A yes, we can mentality is where we find the greatest of all blessings. In Mark chapter 5, 10,000 plus devils couldn't hold back the man at the tombs of the Gadarenes from receiving what God had for him. In Matthew 14, the laws of physics in our mind's reasoning couldn't keep Peter from walking on the water. In Matthew 15, after being ignored, called names, mocked, the Canaanite woman's yes-we-can mentality caused her daughter to be made whole. In fact, everywhere you see faith, you can replace that with the yes-we-can mentality. God is trying to build our faith this morning. He's trying to make somebody realize and understand that the enemy has lied to you for years. He has told you that you're not good enough. Your talents aren't good enough. You don't have what it takes. You can't make it. You can't be on this JV squad. Go back. You can't be on the varsity squad. You can't make it where you're trying to make it. You just might as well hang it up. But I've come to tell you under the mandate of the Holy Ghost this morning... What is faith, you asked this morning. Hebrews 11 in 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the yes we can mentality literally put into action. And with it, according to Hebrews 11, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, we understand the worlds are framed by God. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Enoch was transferred, translated that we should not see death. And Noah prepared the ark to save humanity. And Abraham obeyed and received his inheritance. Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God this all happened because of a yes we can mentality. A yes we can mentality caused Sarah to receive strength to conceive and have her miracle son. Isaac was saved and a sacrifice was supplied through faith. Through faith. Isaac was blessed. Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. Moses kept the Passover. Moses passed over the Red Sea on dry land. Joshua and Caleb led God's people into to the, the promised land. The walls of Jericho fell down and the list goes on and on and on. I don't care how it looks. I don't care what they're telling me. I don't care what my ear says. I don't care what my thoughts are thinking. If God said I can do it, then yes, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. If we want to see miracles, if we want to see signs, if we want to see wonders, if we want to see healings, if we want to see victory, if we want to see deliverance and blessing and revival, we must get a yes, we can in our spirits this morning. Yes, we can. Turn to your neighbor and say it again. Yes, we can. Come on, say it again like you mean it. Say it like you believe it. I believe this morning. That there is a yes we can rising up at life point. I believe this morning that there's a yes we can rising up in our children. There's a yes we can rising up in our youth. There's a yes we can rising up in every young person. There's a yes we can rising up in every young married. There's a yes we can rising up in every— Come on, somebody, in every place. There's a yes we can rising up. Why? Because God said it. (laughs) We have to understand this morning that a we can't mentality will never produce growth. A we can't mentality will never produce blessing. It will never produce miracles. It will never produce what God has called you to be. Looking at our scripture text, we see the evidence of this. Uh, If we go back to verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Because if you look at the scriptures right before that, they were talking about, hey, well, you may have those grapes, and you may have the pomegranates, you may have some figs, but you didn't see what we saw. We saw these big, crazy giants. They look ridiculous, and and there's big, walled cities, and and there's, there's too many people to overcome, and we're afraid. So Caleb tries to steal the people, and he tries to tell them that, yes, we are able. We're well able to overcome it. And the Bible says the men that were with him immediately came right back up and said, no, we can't. We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. But they, the men that went up with him said, we may not be able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. In verse 32, and they brought up an evil report. Everybody say an evil report. Your words matter. What you think in your head matters. What you say matters. The Bible called it an evil report. Why would it be evil? Because God had promised it. God had said it. Who are we to doubt what God can do and can't do? An evil report. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, An evil report. It's an evil report when you don't trust what God has said. It's an evil report when you don't take claim to the promises of God. It's an evil report. And here's what's crazy about this, Pastor, is that you listen to those who said that we couldn't. They had no proof of giants. Joshua and Caleb, they had proof. They brought back a big giant cluster of grapes and they brought back pomegranates and, and they brought back of the figs and the, and the milk and the honey and they understood that God had promised it. They had no proof. They did not know what was going on. They just, they just saw uh, something and got afraid. Joshua and Caleb brought back proof. God said there was milk and honey and fruits and they had proof. Hear me this morning, and hear me clearly. Just because someone else is afraid to step out in faith and walk in what see what God wants him or her to do, doesn't mean that you should. Just because somebody, your neighbor, or your brother, or your sister, or even your spouse says, "Well, well I'm afraid. I can't. We can't do that. We can't walk out in faith. We can't see miracle signs and wonders. You need to step out this morning and say, "Yes, we can." Huh? It doesn't mean that we have to be afraid. No, just because someone says there are big problems or this city can't be won by God, they have no proof of that. Look around you right now. Think about who's in your life. All those people that are right, even sitting here right now, some of you, the unbelievers, said would never be saved. Come on. I think about you, Brother Brian about your past, the things that you've overcome. I'm sure there are people a few years back that would have looked at me and I would have said, that man's going to be a lead usher. He's going to lead and he's going to guide and direct people to the Holy Ghost. He's going to lead his family to the church. They would have looked at me and said, you're nuts. They had no proof. They didn't know. The unbelievers may have said that you couldn't do it, but we got to overcome it this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, yes, we can. Come on, say it like you mean it. Come on, say it like you believe it. Numbers 14 and verse 1, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. This was after these men had convinced them all that they couldn't do what God had said they could do. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Let me tell you something. If the people you're hanging around have got a problem with the leadership, they're probably out of line with what God is doing. That went over like a flock of turkeys. Let me say it this way. God speaks to this man of God. You believe that? He's given vision because without a vision, the people perish. Moses and Aaron were trying to lead them into the promises of God, but they weren't willing to overcome it. They weren't willing to walk in what God had called them to be, and then they began to turn on their leadership. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness? Now, as we study Scripture, we find that some of these great men of God who had fell into the same trap that Moses and Aaron and all these men had fallen into, you see, Moses himself tried to disqualify himself from the call of God because he had a speech impediment. There was a Jeremiah who tried to run from the call of God, saying that I'm just a child and I'm not ready for such a great responsibility. Or there was a Gideon who argued with God that he was the least qualified of anyone to deliver God's people. They all had different excuses, but they were all saying the same thing. We can't do it. But in our text, we are not just looking at or listening to the excuses of one man. It's an entire nation. Think about this, this is crazy. Ten spies returned with a negative report, and their negativity and unbelief infected and poisoned the spirits of a whole nation. Over a million people. Ten spies infected a million people with unbelief, infected a million people with fear, infected a million people with with things that would keep them back from the promises of Almighty God. And those who didn't believe God died in that wilderness. They wandered for 40 years until they came back to this place. And as a result in that place and at that time when they should have broken through, they should have birthed their promised destiny, they had a breakdown and they left the promise of God you got to ask yourself this morning what caused this spiritual abortion, if you will, the death of this dream, the denial of their destiny. Was it the devil? No, he's not mentioned. He wasn't here. Was it the giants that they spoke of? Did they come and conquer them and kill thousands and leave them beaten and bloody from their conflict? no. We only heard of them. We never seen them with our own eyes. There was no proof, no evidence of that. What was it that had the power to reach into the hearts and the minds of over one million people and strip them of their faith and rob them of their destiny? It was four words. Four words separated them from the promises and blessings and stole their destiny from them. We can't do it. Your words matter. What you say and think, it matters. I heard a preacher say one time, and it stuck with me, I heard it said that your words are vessels. You either fill them up with faith and courage and confidence, or you, or you fill them up with, uh, with, with uh, nastiness of this world, and you fill them up with the fear and the doubt and the unbelief, and whatever you fill it with is what you will become. In this place this morning, I don't want to become somebody that's faithless, courageless, without confidence. I don't want to be filled up with fear and doubt and unbelief. I am not going to speak, no, I can't in this spirit today. I'm not going to speak, we're not able into the spirit today, but I'm going to speak into my spirit today. Yes, we can. Yes, we can speaks faith. Yes, we can speaks courage. Yes, we can speaks confidence. And when these two men spoke these words and they that, uh, who agreed with them, they basically took God out of the equation, pastor. They took God's ability to help them and take them and heal them and deliver them out of the equation. The Bible says that nothing is impossible with our God. So when you say we can't, But when you say, I can't, I can't do that, I can't do this. When you say that, you are taking God out of the equation. My. You effectively take God and his power, his strength, his His provision, his leading, his guiding, his directing. It's all taken out of the situation. When you say I can't But I have come into this house today To fill this atmosphere With a word from almighty God This word is, we're getting ready to speak today Is full of possibility These words we've been speaking this morning They're full of potential These words are full and pregnant with life Because it is filled with faith These words can move you From sickness to health From weakness to strength From a loser to a winner From a warrior. To a worshiper, from the stressed, to the blessed, from a fearful, to the fearless, from the lack, to the abundance, from sorrow, to joy, from poverty, to prosperity, from bondage, to liberty, from weak and lowly, to high and mighty, those words are, yes, we can listen to your neighbor and say it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can overcome. We can see a victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. Yes, we can see revival in our day. Yes, we can feel the power of the Holy Ghost flow up and down this church and out these doors and up and down these streets and into every home. Come on, somebody, hear what I'm saying this morning. We can do it. We can do it. we just got to get a yes, we can mentality in our spirit. We have to say yes, we can. Why don't we stand all across this house and lift our hands right now and ask God to open our spirits and give our ears to hear what he is saying right now. Come on, come on, begin to say, yes, we can. Come on, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Come on, let it speak to you. Come on, let that speak to your heart. Let it minister to your mind. Come on, the enemy's lied to you. He's told you you're not, you're worthless, that you can't do it, you can't overcome. You need to look at him in the face this morning and say, Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. You can be seated for just a few minutes. I pray these words are going to get deep into your spirit this morning. And I pray that somebody hearing this message is never going to be the same again. I don't care what your critics are saying. And I don't care what your skeptics are saying. I don't care what the economy is saying. And I don't care what religion is saying. All I care about is what is God saying. All you need this morning is a word from God. And his word says that you can do it. Huh? Come on, we just read it a few minutes ago, Hebrews 11 and 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. When God was ready to create this world and this universe we live in, he just spoke and it came into being. He just spoke in his word, and it happened. I don't know what impossible situation you are facing today. I don't know what your problem is, but I do know that the answer is a word from Almighty God. Come on, this word can kick cancer out of your body. This word can put meal in your barrel and oil in your cruise. This word will deliver you and set you free from any drug habit or addiction. This word can restore your marriage and heal your broken heart. You need to tell yourself this morning, all I need is this word, and His word says that yes, we can. Come on, tell yourself this morning, yes, I can. It's your friends may be saying that's impossible, but his word says, yes, you can. The natural law of physics says you can't walk on water, but his word says, yes, we can. And with one word, Peter stepped out into the supernatural and began to walk where no man had walked. He began to see things that no man had ever seen. He began to go places that no man had ever gone before. Why? Because God said, come. His word said, I can do it. So even though my mind says, I don't know how, even though my mind says it, impossible. Even though everyone around me says I can't do it, God said I can. So I'm going to let a yes, we can rise up in my spirit today, and I'm going to profess and cry out with a loud voice, yes, we can. Three things are true about the word of God. Number one is you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Number two is greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And number three is all things are possible to them that believe. All things. All things. That means there was no can't there. Can't doesn't live in his vocabulary. I can't doesn't go even in the vocabulary of God. God operates on nothing. Nothing. God operates on the things that we don't think are there. If all you have is nothing, those are the raw materials for God to do everything. Oh, hear me this morning. God can reach into nothing, grab a door handle that is not there, swing open a door that is, does not exist, and make a way that seems to be no way. We've got to understand this morning that if all I have is nothing, that's the ingredients for everything. God wants every child of God to function on a higher level. When we were born again, we weren't just born out of sin, sickness, disease, poverty, and lack. But when we were born into the kingdom of God, we were born into the place of the supernatural and miraculous power of Almighty God. We were born into the realm of miracles, signs, and wonders. The atmosphere of the child of God is the realm of supernatural peace, joy, power, prosperity, wisdom, manifestation of the power and the glory. Of God. Notice in there, there was not one place where it said, but God can. There was not one place where God said, no, you got that, that, I can't do that. Hear me clearly this morning, we need a yes, we can to rise up in our spirit. But the main problem is that the majority of God's people today are stuck in a big, nasty pile of I can. I can't be used of God, pastor. I'm not qualified. I can't walk in anointing. That's too hard. I can't teach a Bible study. I don't know the Bible well enough. I can't overcome my addictions. That would be just too hard. I can't use my talents in the church. I just don't have my time. I can't witness to someone. I don't know what to say. I can't do a work for the kingdom. I'm afraid. I can't pray and fast more. The devil will mess with my mind. It's easy to blame the devil for messing with your blessing, but the truth is more than what we would like to admit is more than often, often than not is that it's our pride that gets in the way, Pastor. We're too prideful to admit it. Pride has robbed millions of their miracles and stolen destiny from many of God's people. And then there's that fear of what people might say, fear of making a mistake, fear of failure, fear of the unknown. Hear me this morning, to move into the supernatural, you have to be willing to step into the unknown zone. Joshua said, you must follow the ark that you may know which way to go, for you have not passed this way before. Ah. In order to walk into the supernatural, you have to get out of the natural. Come on, y'all missed that. In order to walk in the supernatural, you have to be willing to walk into the supernatural, step out of natural and into supernatural. Peter's blessing never would have came if he'd have stayed in the boat. And as a matter of fact, when he got out of the boat and he was walking towards Jesus, as long as he kept his eyes there, he stepped walking. He kept The Bible doesn't say how far he walked, Brother Mark. They said they saw Jesus afar off. My mind says he wasn't just right there. My mind says he's probably back there against that back wall. And and Peter began to walk. He began to walk, and he'd be able to walk. And then the Bible says when he began to see the sea boisterous all around him, he took his eyes off of him. He took his eyes off the one who said he could do it, and he began to sink. But the Bible says that Jesus was able to reach out his hand and grab him right then and there. He had made it that far. That's where my mind's eye sees it. I see it right now, plain as day. He never would have received this blessing of faith, this building up of his faith, if he had stayed in the boat. God is calling us this morning. God is calling LifePoint. He's calling every person that's here. If you're here and this isn't your church home, you are not here by coincidence. You are not here by circumstance. God is telling you this morning that he has a plan for your life, and he has brought you to this place to say, listen to me. Don't listen to what anybody else is saying. You can be used of me. You can see blessing. You can have miracles. You can have blessing. You can have healing. You can. And have deliverance. Woo! Ha ha ha! You just you can come and get ready. I'm almost done. I'm gone, I've gone too long as it is. Hallelujah. It's easy to blame the devil for what's going on when, when 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 we let our pride get in the way. We have to be able to crucify that pride this morning. And in order to walk into that supernatural and get out into the natural, you have to step in to the supernatural. You have to take hold of the power of God. You have to let go. Let go of religion. Let go of tradition. Let go of your past. Let go of the circumstances. Let go of pride. Let go of fear. Let go of self-preservation. If you are going to walk in the supernatural, you have to be willing to take the risk. Look at your neighbor and say, take the risk. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's worth it. Come on, somebody. I read something else another preacher said while I was studying for this, and he 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 said that in order to get to a place of deep faith or or a yes we can mentality, you're gonna have to be willing to look a little crazy. <laughs> Come on around here, we Pentecostal folk. We can look a little crazy sometimes. Sometimes we get a little dance in our step. We get a little shout in our, in, in our body. Why? Because God has taken us from the, the sick and the, and the disease, and he's taken us out of the pit, and he's lifted us up. He has made a way where there seems to be no way. He has healed my body. He has delivered me. He has restored me. He has blessed me. He has kept me. God has done it, and sometimes we get a little crazy around here. If you're going to get into the supernatural, if you're going to have these blessings, you're going to have to get a yes we can in my spirit, and you're going to have to be willing to look a little crazy this morning. Moses looked a little crazy hitting a rock to get water out of it, but it worked. The children of Israel looked crazy walking around the walls of Jericho, but they fell. And Elijah looked crazy when he when, upon Mount Carmel building an altar and pouring 12 barrels of water on it for, for a sacrifice, and then asking God to send fire, but it worked. You're going to have to be willing to get out and look a little crazy this morning. Peter looked a little crazy when he got out of the boat and walked on the water, but it worked. We are never going to live like Jesus until we begin to think like Jesus. We are going to have to lose our minds and get into the mind of Christ. Ha, 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 Peter had crazy faith. Ha, ha, ha. He made up his mind that he would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. Dry boat sitters don't see blessing. Dry boat sitters don't see miracle signs and wonders. Dry boat sitters don't have a new realm of anointing, a new realm of possibility. Dry boat sitters don't see their family members saved. It's the water walkers. God's calling us this morning. He's calling us this morning. I'm looking for some desperate, crazy people in this house. I'm going to tell you, when you get desperate enough, your reputation's not going to be mean a whole lot. You're not going to be worried about your hair falling down. You're not going to be worried about your dignified reputation. Some of you will never experience the power of God because you are too worried about looking pretty. I gave that up a long time ago. i got to make some ugly praise. Look at your neighbor and say, ugly praise. Sometimes it's with a shout. Sometimes it's with a dance. Sometimes you roll on the floor. I've seen them yell and scream and shout and roll. I've seen them snot all over the floor. In fact, at one of our youth rallies, I had a pleasure going with our awesome Youth Pastor with. We had a young man that was praying in the altar, and he prayed so violently that he was bleeding. I need, I, I, you know what, I've prayed and I've fasted and I have worshiped God till so I couldn't breathe and I couldn't walk, but I can't remember a time I made me bleed. It's going to require us getting out of our comfort zone. It's going to require us getting out of what we think is right and what we think is under what we understand and what we want to see. We have to get out of it. I'm looking for some crazy desperate people. When you get desperate enough, it's not about your emotions. It's not about you what what nobody will look at look at me and what people are going to say about me. Nobody's going to have to pump you up or prime you up to get you to worship. Because that's how you obtain a yes we can mentality. It is through your worship. It's through your praise a yes we can mentality is birth when I say look, look she's sick and I don't see any hope the doctors say there's no hope but I'm going to praise God for this healing right now and I'm going to believe that he's going to do it that's where a yes we can mentality is birth and a yes we can mentality is birth when look there's bills everywhere and my bank accounts in the red I don't know what I'm going to do but I'm going to worship God right now in advance because he's going to provide he will make a way where there seems to be no way that is where a a yes, we yes, we can. Mentality is birthed. When David had obeyed the divine order, he had the blessing of God in his life to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. He didn't look dignified, Pastor. The Bible says he cast off his kingly garments. At every six steps, he would begin to offer praise unto God. Miles and miles they walked, and every six steps, I'm going to rejoice. We're bringing the presence of God back, and where His presence is, there is liberty, there is joy, there is peace, there is grace, there is power. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Ha, the kind of crazy ha, ha, that praise can get, uh, to God uh, can get in the middle of your pain and make it go away. I watched a precious saint of God in the church I grew up in, and she was in unbelievable amounts of pain. But God had said, if you get out in that aisle and begin to worship, I, I, I'll take away that pain. And she, she got on that aisle, and she, she could barely lift her arms. She had a, a rheumatoid arthritis in almost every joint, but she just began to start. God, you said it will happen. And before you knew it, her legs began to go a little faster. And before you knew it, she had a little bounce in her step. And before you knew it, she could raise those arms. She hadn't been able to lift him in a long time. Sweet sister Bell. I'll never forget it. And she began, when when God moved in, and she said, yes, we can. The doctor said, there's no more hope. You can't have any more injections. You can't have any more medicine. This arthritis is going to literally leave you stuck in a wheelchair. You're never going to be able to get up and walk again. And she began to run around that church. Because God healed her miraculously because God said, I can't. The doctor said that there's no hope. My family said there's no hope. You need to do this and you need to do that because there is no hope. But when God says you can't, huh? Somebody could come out of depression this morning, somebody could come out of a trial that's been going on for a long time. You were created to fly, but you got to flap your wings. You were created to fly. you got to flap your wings. Every bird that's ever been knocked out of the mama's nest, if they didn't flap their wings, what did they do? Fell to their death. Unless mama intervened, came and picked him up. It's coming a day where mama's not going to be able to intervene. Something that spoke to me so strongly while I was preparing for this, Pastor. The Bible says that there was an evil report brought ten spies infected over a million Israelites. And for 40 years they wandered the wilderness without the promise of God. 40 years. The Holy Ghost spoke to me so strong, Pastor. He said, we don't have 40 years to wander in the wilderness. There's not 40 years left to wander. Time is too short. You need to choose you this day whom you will serve. You need a yes we can in your spirit today. Listen, I don't know what the enemy's telling you in your mind today. I don't know what he's lied to you. He's told you you're not good enough. Maybe he's told you that you can't. Maybe he's told you you're not qualified. None of us are, baby. Not one of us are worthy. Romans 3, 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He's called you today. If you're here to the sound of my voice today, you are not here by accident. He is calling you from out of that darkness, this lie from the pit of hell that's told you that you are not worthy, that you are not qualified, that he does not have a place for you. He has a place for every one of us. This is the body of Christ. But the body can't walk if we only have one foot. The body can't reach if we have no arms and hands. We need you. We have an unbelievable pastor, a man of vision, a man of faith, a man of prayer, a man of fasting. God is using him to lead us and guide us and direct us. But the head can only do so much if he doesn't have hands and feet and if he doesn't have a mouthpiece to go before him, if he doesn't have people that are willing to be part of that body. God is calling each and every one of us this this day, this morning. The, 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 The vision has been to reach We need you in the fight. We don't have 40 years. We don't have 40 years to wander in the wilderness. If we wander for 40 years in the wilderness, your unsaved loved ones are going to go to hell. If we wander for 40 years in the wilderness, we're not going to see this city saved. If we wander for 40 years in the wilderness, you're never going to walk in your full potential. Why do we stand all across this house? It's family Sunday. I wanted to do something just to lift you up and encourage you, but I had to listen to what God had said. And he is calling each and every one of us this morning to a place at an altar to remind yourself that yes, you can. To turn off the lies of the enemy. To block out the noise. Too many of us in this house this morning, God spoke it to me so strongly. God spoke it to me and said there's too many of us in this house this morning who are unwilling to get rid of the yes or the no we can out of our spirit because it's going to require something of me. What are you willing to give up, ma'am? What are you willing to give up, sir? What are you willing to lay on this altar to allow God to move in and intervene in your life? What are you willing to do? Where are you willing to go? Where are you willing to reach? He's calling you this morning. He's calling every man, woman, boy, and girl. Young people, hear me clearly. Hear me clearly. There's people that you can reach that we could never reach. You have an amazing youth pastor, but there's some people that may not ever hear his voice unless you're willing to speak to them. Adults hear me there. We have an unbelievable pastor we just said, but if we don't go out and reach these people to bring them back, they're never going to hear those words. God is calling us to reach. He's saying, yes, we can. Yes, we can see these blessings. Yes, we can see these miracle signs and wonders. Yes, we can see revival. Yes, we can. But it is up to us. God has said it. Who believes it? Come on, I'm I'm speaking to us today. If you believe the Word of God this morning, if you believe that God has said yes, you can, if you believe this Word and you're willing to shut out the lies of the enemy, I wonder if you would just make your way to this altar, if you would just begin to make a new commitment to the Lord and just say, hey, Lord, I, I will, I will. You said I can, so I will. I don't understand it, Lord. I may not see the right ways. I may not understand all the ways to do it, but God, I will trust you. Come on, God's calling you. God's calling you. God's calling you. (laughs) Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that sweet woman didn't have much. Just a little cruise of oil. But, the, but she listened to the voice of God and began to pour it out. And she had everything that she needed. Everything that she needed was right there. It didn't seem like much to her. It didn't seem like it would be enough, but God blessed it, and she trusted the voice of God, and she said, You said it can, so I will, and it was poured out, and it began began to multiply and become more and more, and it provided provision for her home. God has given you everything you need. Would you provide it with your talents, with your efforts? Come on, come on. He's calling you out of that depression. He's calling you out of that trial that's been going on for a long time. He's calling you out of your sickness and your pain. He's calling you out of the degradation and the filth of sin. He's calling you out. Yes, you can overcome it. Yes, you can see a miracle. Yes, you can see blessing. Yes, you can.